0: It's my pleasure to welcome you to
1: The Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today I want to talk about shopping for auto insurance, a very difficult thing to do. I want to make sure you're getting the best deal and I have some ways for you to do that. Also, there are so many pitfalls with ads and content we see online. I'm going to list some of the tactics used by companies to bait you into buying services and goods for more money. So over the years, I've talked with great excitement about insurance shopping comparison services. And one by one, those services ended up going to the garbage heap. They didn't go away, but what happened is they built up a following. As they built up a following, traditional, particularly auto insurers, would buy one, leave the name as it was, and somehow magically, the only insurance quotes you'd ever see would be for the insurance company that bought that name, bought that what had been an insurance comparison service. But hope springs eternal, and it brings me to Zebra. Now, Zebra, the Zebra, actually, is an insurance comparison shopping site and, to the bad side, a lead generation service. You know what a lead generation service is? It's like the end thing that came from the uh from the car shopping business, where you go to a site to get price quotes. And what would happen next is you'd get all kinds of emails and phone calls from car dealers that are paying a fee for the lead of an active car buyer. So it is a burden when you use any kind of lead generation service. But the way I suggest you deal with the lead generation is you set up an email address. As an example, if you use the Zebra and you get quotes from them from different insurers, you're then within about a nanosecond, you're going to start getting harassed with emails from different auto insurers trying to get you as a customer. Set up a separate email address that's like, uh, let's say I did Clark Zebra Insurance or something like that at gmail.com or whatever. Something that's an email address that's easy for you to remember that shunts off out of your normal email all these solicitations you're going to get from auto insurers. But Zebra will give you the ability with a number of insurers where you put in your personal information, you put in your zip code, and they will give you quotes from various insurers. But again, you'll start getting harassed immediately from insurers trying to book you as a new customer. And I've got a review for you on Clark.com of Zebra. But as I've said over the years with auto insurance premiums are not the only thing you look at with auto insurance. The quality of how the company handles you when you have a claim is the very reason why we have auto insurance in the first place. So there is a trade-off with auto insurance because the companies that tend to rate the highest uh, as an example with Consumer Reports surveys each year, or J.D. Power surveys each year of auto insurers, tend not to be the lowest cost providers. But if you can find a really, really great rate on auto insurance, you then have to make that call for yourself between a better premium or a better company. And Zebra at least for now, till some big insurer buys them too, is a way for you to be able to do quick comparison shopping of multiple insurers. The other way to do it sounds so 1990, so analog, and that is to contact an independent agent, something most people are not aware of, but there are insurance specialists that instead of being a captive of a particular insurance company, can write insurance for multiple companies and find that best combo for you potentially, where an actual human is advising you and shopping multiple insurers. If you talk with an Allstate agent or a State Farm agent, they are what are known as captive agents. They only write for those particular insurers in almost all cases and they're not going to do a comparison for you in the marketplace.
2: All right, Clark, let's get to some questions. Sharon in Missouri says, I recently purchased an online retail business from a friend. I started my own LLC to purchase the company. Since I've purchased it, I have had an enormous income tax bill each year. Should I switch from an LLC to an S-corp? How do I go about doing this?
1: You won't find, Sharon, a tax benefit going from an LLC to an S-corp. An S-corp is a pass-through vehicle like an LLC and that the income you're generating from the online retail business each year will be reportable as income on your individual return. If your business is steadily, consistently profitable, there may be an advantage to you switching to a different form of incorporation known as a C-corp. But this is a decision you don't make lightly and you don't make on your own. It would be very key if you're facing big tax bills that you hire a CPA who does tax work and would be able to advise you on the best form of incorporation or ownership that would exist for your business. The good news, the great news in your case, You're making money from that business, so you're having to pay taxes. Much better than having bought a business that is not proving to be profitable for you. That's not why you don't want to pay tax.
2: (laughs) And this is from Jane in Georgia. While recently talking with a TransUnion representative, I was asked to give my Social Security number and the PIN of my account. The PIN? Yes. Yes. Even though I had called him, I felt uneasy giving all of this information to this person. Am I being paranoid? I'm often asked for personal information by someone working for a company, but how can I know if they are honest?
1: Jane, transunions got to have a better way of validating who you are than giving your pen to who knows who on a phone call. I realize that you called TransUnion but that freaks me out because I'm assuming that's the same pen that would unlock your online TransUnion account and Jane uh, we're going to follow up and check this out with TransUnion to see if this is standard operating procedure and if it is in their opinion how in the world are they protecting people from identity theft asking this kind of question on a phone call I'm stunned.
2: And this is from anonymous. Uh, if a parent has enough money to pay for their own much needed personal care that is required 24 seven, is there any reason for the children that the children should be caregivers to save money? My brother told me about your podcast. He listens and we disagree on this.
1: So if a parent is in that very unusual and rare position that you have enough money to pay for uh, care 24-7 in the event that you need help with life's daily activities, there's no reason that children should be called on to be caregivers to save money. I mean, I don't know why your brother would think they should if your kids are particularly worried about Uh, providing care to you so they can inherit money and they're providing care as a way of making sure there's inheritance i i don't know i i don't really understand what your brother's position is about this i think it's fine for you to if you have the funds to pay for your own care the money is there for your lifetime and only for the benefit of your children if that's what you choose is for them to inherit money if money is left over after you've taken care of all your needs and wants during your lifetime and next do you know that you're constantly being manipulated by companies when you're buying online or doing business with them online and often
0: it's without you even knowing it first the bad news I've had so many people respond with such passion
1: to an aside, a little micro story I told on the podcast about how early in the pandemic, I bought my eldest daughter a stationary bike to be able to work out at home instead of working out at a gym. And a year later, a massive charge appeared on my credit card for some kind of automated workout program thing. And this struck a nerve with people because I'd bought this exercise bike on Amazon, had never done business with the company whose bike it was, and Amazon had somehow given my credit card information to this third-party stationary bike company that then was going to charge $399, if I remember the amount right, for an ongoing exercise monitoring something something. And I called my daughter and said, is this something you want? She said, no, I've never used that. And so I was able to get it taken care of. But the phantom charges showing up, apparently a very common problem right now. In addition, in your basket when you're shopping, it's very common now that you'll put in an item to buy, and if you're not paying close attention, there'll be another charge for, let's say, a service contract or for a extended warranty, or an additional service that you didn't ask for, or product. I was looking at an electronics item the other day, and I was contemplating buying it and put it in my basket. And I went later to empty my basket, and it showed two items in my basket, not one. And so I thought, oh, man, I must have clicked that I wanted two of these. And I go to the basket, and I go to my cart, because first you go to the basket, then you go to the cart, whatever each place calls it. And there was the item, and then there was a second item that they had added on that I'd never looked at, didn't know about, nothing. It was just there. And then think about the weird ways that they post questions. I was buying an airline ticket last week and it wouldn't let me buy the ticket because I hadn't answered a question about buying their airline provided rip-off supposed cancellation fake insurance. And it popped up in big red type this warning that basically my life was going to end if I didn't click yes to buying this ripoff pseudo insurance. And more and more, when you go look at something, there's going to be a push worded really, really ugly to try to get you to buy things. They'll word things that try to shame you. It's kind of like when you go to buy electronics at a retail store and they say, Which protection plan do you want? Not, do you want a protection plan? Or which investment do you want to buy? That's what some retailers now call it for one of those piece of trash, extended service contracts, extended warranties on electronics. They call it an investment plan to protect your investment. Seriously, do not allow some algorithm and an online seller to shame you or trick you to pay for something you don't want, you don't need, and be really, really, really careful with anything that involves an ongoing subscription. You know, one of the things that just annoys me is when you end up signing up for something online online but you're only allowed to cancel it with a human at customer no service. I mean, could that be a better definition of customer no service when you sign up for a subscription or who knows what online, but then to get out of it, the only way to get out of it is to have a human telling you what an idiot you are to get rid of it. (laughs) And they're all working from scripts that are designed to create fear in you or embarrassment or intimidation to get you to keep something. So be aware there's a lot of ugliness that goes on with online shopping. Pay close attention to what you're buying and what you're agreeing to because getting into trouble, is was always true, even as a teenager, getting into trouble is a lot easier than getting out of trouble. And by the way, my parents were right. Nothing good happens after two o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of a troubling situation, Clark, Jonah and Tennessee wrote in, someone in Indiana has the same date of birth, first and last name as me. I learned about this person when I failed a background check for a university event because the reporting agency said I was a convicted felon. I looked at the public court record for the case the agency flagged me for, and there's no other identifying information listed outside of the things we share. It did list their address, which is how I convinced the agency to fix their mistake. Fast forward to now, I just moved states and was trying to get a new driver's license, but was flagged by the Indiana DMV in a national database and was denied. I was asked to produce a not-me letter from Indiana before they could override the denial. Now I have to pay the state to search their non-existent records of me just to get a letter saying I have no records there, a process that could take weeks to months. This person has other court cases that list their middle name, which is different from mine. How do I stop getting flagged for this person's felony in these national databases?
1: Jonah, this is terrible. I've done TV stories on this, and you may have heard me share that my wife has the same name as someone who is a convicted felon in the state of Florida and has an ugly criminal record and has popped up when background checks have been done on her. And she's had to go through the same process as you. You know, supposedly Jonah in the United States were innocent until proven guilty, but administratively, as you've discovered, something gets in a database. And you then have to prove your own innocence, and that is wrong, wrong, wrong. And there are so many different databases that unfortunately, because this individual has same DOB and first and last name as you, you, like my wife, are going to have to have a groundhog day kind of experience that from time to time will cause aggravation, other times money for you to clear your own name. What I would suggest now that you live in the state of Indiana, find out who your state representative is or state senator and contact that individual's office for help resolving this with the state of Indiana and Indiana DMV, because this is wrong that people are treated like you have been treated.
2: This is from Guy in Georgia. Clark talked about working on a Habitat for Humanity building project and said gutters are one of the biggest maintenance issues for homeowners and went on to say something about the homes Habitat for Humanity builds do not have gutters, so they avoid this maintenance issue. Please explain how my new construction project can be designed so we don't need gutters. My wife would be so much happier if I was not on the roof with a blower blowing out the gutters all the time. Thanks, too old to be on the roof, Guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Guy, I am also too old to be on the roof. My wife ordered me years ago not to go on a habitat roof while we're building it. And I have foolishly continued to defy her and go on the roof during construction every year and shingle away. Not my smartest idea. But usually, and people who... Uh, put in gutters for a living, Uh, object strenuously to building projects that don't use gutters because it creates kind of like a rain channel down below. Uh, But gutters usually need, I mean, uh, roofs normally need a wider overhang from the structure of the house so that the rain falls further from the structure. Also, a roof needs generally so that not having gutters works, you need a lower pitch roof. In other words, not as steep a pitch roof for that to be successful. Now, the alternative that we've had from many people in the gutter business is that you put some form of gutter system in that has the cover on it that goes by different trade names that eliminates having to remove leaves from your gutters.
2: And Susan in Florida says, you've been talking a lot about electric vehicles recently, but what are your thoughts on hybrid vehicles? Will they be a viable solution for the future? We're in our late 60s and thinking of buying a new car, but we'll be living in a condo in our retirement, so we can't plug in. We keep our cars 10 to 15 years, so this will probably be our last car.
1: Susan, uh, if you keep a car as long as you do, a hybrid will pay off. Hybrids cost... A meaningful amount beyond what the gas engine equivalent costs. So you need a pretty long ownership cycle to make the higher upfront cost of a hybrid pay off versus buying a gas engine vehicle. So if you keep a car uh, a decade to a decade and a half, buying the hybrid would be a good compromise. You look at the difference in fuel economy... From a gas engine to a hybrid with a long ownership cycle, once you overcome that initial higher cost, your wallet smiles on you every single month after that. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.